do. Every single Saturday on these airwaves. My name is Casey Steve, the voice of your valley. On Merced's News Talk Station, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. Come on. That's you, Merced. Juanada. River Valley. That's Snelling. And our favorite little town on the west side, Gustine. That's right. Never want to forget our friends out there in Dairyland. Do they still have cows out there? I don't know. Hey, listen, here we are Saturday, the first Saturday in September. September 14th. Oh, we got to get ready to go out of the break. I have to do everything myself. Dave Luna, he has a staff. Hey, you don't want to miss him tonight. Coming up at 5 o'clock from 5 to 6, cruising around Merced with the big kahuna. I don't know what you guys are looking for, but you want to listen to that show. You'll hear somebody do the ins and outs that you know. Anyways, the first September, the uh, 8 o'clock show, because 6 a.m. we replayed our good interview that we had. Great interview, actually, with uh, Councilman Brian Raymond from the city of Atwater. And it's kind of an Atwater-themed day because the 8 o'clock hour, that's right, he came in. I I couldn't tease it because I didn't talk to him until this week. I didn't know if he was going to come in last week because Brian, well, I was lucky to get Brian in, but we have none other than Darren McDaniel, Dayron McDaniel, District 3 Supervisor, Board of Supervisors. Darren, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, the Atwater theme and uh, us being on here, that's pretty good. I'd like to get a little more of a heads up maybe before the interview. So Yeah, I know it was about two hours. And I guess uh, today, uh, as we record, uh, there are fewer doves in the world because, yeah, it's opening of dove season here in the Valley. That's a big deal over on the west side. You didn't see Serato over there, did you? No, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. Uh, it was Scotty Silvera over there, the west side, best side. The you west know. Side, the west they, they do a nice little barbecue before uh, the opening of Dove season, so that mm. was a lot of fun. You know, they have some really nice events over there on the west side. I they always, really do. I always tease about the Iron Curtain north of or west of Dickinson Ferry Road, but really, <laughs> really it has opened up, and uh, you know, Scotty Silvera, another uh, board member, a uh, fellow colleague of yours, and I should say that you are the senior member of the board taking over from uh, from uh, who the senior member was before that uh, was uh, help me who Jerry was, Jerry O'Banion yes. Jerry O'Banion I was trying to think of a great mentor Scott. of mine yeah I wanted to sure. say what the lights just dimmed what is Jerry you with us no I you know, know he is yeah no senior <laughs> member of the board and uh, he was there a lot of years I don't know if he was one of, years wasn't he one of the longest elected supervisors he was the second longest elected supervisor the, the his last year there in California that's just amazing yeah we, we kept watching the California State Associations they rank them and where they are he was always number two and uh, the guy who was ahead of him didn't retire that year, so he's he called it quits. He yeah. couldn't, couldn't get the number one ranking. Well, he uh, he did a wonderful job over there on the west side, and Scotty's really filled in some big shoes. I think he would agree probably very, Absolutely. very, very well. But again, the senior uh, member on the board, <laughs> there are five members over there, also a big member of McCag, and people may not realize the Merced County Association of Government, our local COG, our Coalition of Governments, uh, very, very important. Darren. Hey, immediate past chair of RCRC as well, which is representation of 37 rural counties in California. Yeah, and, and RC is rural counties, but R- what's RCRC? RCRC is rural counties representing California. Representing California. And that is important because, again, the rural counties, as you know, the voice uh, some kind of gets diluted uh, when you get closer to the coast <laughs> or down to Southern California. But, again, Darren has been uh, running well, – excuse me, Darren's been in office two terms – there is an election coming up next year. 
You're in your third term now. Your no, I'm in my second term. In your approaching s- my third. Term. Approaching your third term. Correct. Excuse me. Now your family. Uh, everybody knows your wife, Buffy. Absolutely, uh, and, the love of my wife, the, the love of my life. For yes, sure. you, and and your wife too. No, she's <laughs> a she's a wonderful person. We used to have a a, a really a great name for her. I thought I was going to have to to change it, but evidently she got ahead of me there and and took care of any of that. <laughs> now you have a couple of kids. I know they've uh, been to school. Are they out of school yet? Or yeah, Corbett and Connor. Corbett's my oldest one. Uh, they were down at University of Laverne, and so they've. Uh, we brought the brain trust back to Merced County, so they have moved back, and they're here in Merced County. Now, didn't I see one is now a realtor? Yes. Yeah, that's I, Corbett. Corbett is uh, selling real estate. I thought I saw a listing the other day that uh, had his name on yeah, it. Yeah, that's his second one. We're very proud of him. He's doing a good job. He's a, he's a baller, is what we like to call it. <laughs> Ball. And your lovely wife, she's also involved in real estate, too, isn't she? She is. She's on the lending side of it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, to tell you, the the financing side is 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 just as big. Well, I'm glad to hear the just uh, as big. I think the lending side does all the work. Well, all the realtors are going to get on me about that. Oh no, no, but, but you, you that, just—that's a lot of the paperwork and the the you know you got to do all the all the extra stuff to make sure people can qualify. For well, it's a, it's a lot tougher now. You know that the, before uh, what did they call it? The ninja loan, no income, uh, no uh, no. It was like you know just stated income. The you, option arm. Yeah, you ju- you just uh, the failure of our economy. Yeah, it was really bad. So I'm kind of glad they tightened up the uh, the mortgage lending industry. And of course, right now the market being so hot, especially here in the Central Valley, uh, that's a great opportunity for your family. So that's that's nice to hear. It's that. actually a great opportunity for the the whole community. And what I like about with the economy and the way it's rolling is. Uh, the way they've made the changes, this is real money out there. Mm-hmm. This isn't just the paper money that they were pushing around that, you know, eventually collapsed. Mm-hmm. So now it's real money. And so if things start to uh, adjust, it's going to be real price adjustment. Yeah. So we'll watch how that works out. No, it, uh, it, it'll, it'll, it will be interesting. You've, you've heard uh, some home starts not as big, but again, we haven't seen it in this area. It seems like we're always either leading or following. But at this point, we'll take what we can get. Now, you have had some uh, personal situations go on here uh, yeah. recently uh, again whenever anybody meets Darren he's always smiling he's always jovial he's always really happy but you know things uh, things happen in life and you had a uh, both you and your wife suffered a loss a, a son yourself losing a, a mother and your 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 wife losing a, you know a daughter losing her her father those are kind of serious things talk both just within a, both within 40 days yeah talk just a little bit about you know your mom and, and uh, buffy's dad no i appreciate that no we were really we're a really close family my mom and i were very close um we moved her you know she suffered from a brain aneurysm 14 years ago mm. and uh so it really affected how she did her daily um, routines and and not so much where there was a brain injury but it was just a confidence thing uh so we moved her into atwater uh, sold her place here in Merced, moved her to Atwater to be closer to me. Uh, my sister lives in the Bay Area, so she's a little further away. But I uh, had a great, great relationship with my mom. My, my boys had a great relationship. My wife, I mean, you can't ask for more with your wife gets along with her mother-in-law. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. it, 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 was, uh, it was a sudden loss. And, you know, losing her father as well. Uh, my wife was the primary um, caregiver for him through his uh, cancer and uh, we lost him 40 days later, but we were really focused on him since January. And then on June 9th, when I lost my mom, it kind of knocked us both off of our off our game because we were so focused on caring for her father. Mm-hmm. But uh, losing my mom, you know, it, it, you see both ways of how death happens. And it's almost like I feel like my mom might have got the pass. 
mm-hmm. you know, with a heart attack and then had, you know, dying suddenly like that mm-hmm. without the suffering. But, um, yeah, out of both of them, it, it, it was really a huge blow to my family, a uh, huge blow to my, my kids. Yeah, losing a couple of grandparents like that. Absolutely. And you, like I said, our group, and, you know, I think you guys know Mike Ryle, I mean, owner of Greenbelt for years. Um, very involved. Buffy's dad. Buffy's dad. Very involved with the with the community. Um, I really didn't meet anybody who didn't like him. He was quite the character. His sense of humor was quick, um, and he and I had a great relationship together. And I we miss him. We miss them both. Yeah, no, it's uh, you know, and really, this isn't sad, folks. It may sound sad, but really, keeping our relatives, our the memories alive that's what it's all about and right you know uh, the time that we're here is so precious and going back uh, through some of the facebook posts is, is after your father-in-law after buffy's dad passed away it just brought back so many memories because he was such a part of this town the whole family right and uh, the kids would pose in the ads oh, yeah and, uh, you know rodeo all the western wear i mean i got hauled out there every start of the school year because wranglers were cheaper and they wore like iron and uh, i didn't 4-h get ffa all, of that. all the showing the showing whites yeah no really really just a, a you know a pillar in the community and and uh, like I say, you and your wife have really continued that. I mean, you're both very oh, heavily you. involved. Right. Uh, you you and your elected position, your wife's always out there. Like I say, she really is. And believe me, when I say she has Darren's back, she has Darren's Absolutely. back. Absolutely. And she has had for many years. And again, I appreciate you talking. Don't ever cross her. I'll tell you <laughs> no, that. No, no, no. That's what we used to. We have a great name for her. I'm not going to bring it up. But it was, <laughs> it was, uh, it was uh, you know, ap- apropos. And uh, again, you hear that old saying, you know, behind every great man is a great woman. And Darren... Amen. We'll tell you she is right out front, yes, uh, not necessarily behind, and she leads. Uh, believe me, if you've ever dealt with Buffy, she's a wonderful person, and again, a family just beyond reproach. And it was a sad loss, but again, we have those memories, and we go on. You know, and I got to tell you, Casey, mm-hmm. one one thing that I've learned through this is it's hard when you lose your mother. You know, it's, tell me, it, it's your mommy. No Twenty years how, ago, I still think about it. Well, and I got to tell you, a lot of the community, uh, the community has been unbelievably supportive, and it it it. I don't even know how to explain it. It's been so nurturing. and But what I've noticed, even people that I don't know, mm-hmm. and you bring up the loss of your mother or something like that, mm-hmm. it gives them the opportunity to share the loss of their mother. Exactly. And that's and, what I was talking about. And they about. like to say something. They tell a little story. Everybody knows the exact date and time that their mother passed. Mm-hmm. And it's been very therapeutic to share that. And it's part of a club that you're... You never want to be a member of, but it's amazing um, the conversations I've had with people I don't even know. No, it is. It's it's something that we all share. This mortality thing I call it one of the uh, you know the three things that all bind us, no matter what our position is. I think it's or, that damn umbilical cord. Yeah, well, it that, had something to do with it. It is, like I say, a mother and her son is a very special relationship, yeah. and I I miss my mother, uh, Bonnie Steed, uh, like you can't believe. And that was 1998, and again, a daughter and a dad. I mean, it, right? it doesn't. You know, and you could tell there was a lot of uh, a lot of closeness there. I didn't know she was actually taking care of him in the uh, in the last few months, and that again just shows you know the the relationship. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, who do you rely on? And all I can say, and I know it's no consultation, is it the way things are supposed to be? Because it's been told to me that you know the children are supposed to uh, you know stay, and and that that's why you have the kids. And I, I uh, you know I don't know. It doesn't make it any easier though. But you're right, talking to other people, uh, you know that fellowship, and I kind of kind of talked about it with Brian last week, you know, and his dad and, oh, yeah. you know, many generations. And, and I think it's a, you know, a Merced thing, a Merced County thing, a Valley thing. 
you know, we really are connected here, and we really do. Uh, even with, with our differences, we really, you know, do care about one another. Right. And and we do feel, you know, it is still a small town atmosphere. Right. So uh, no, I think that's I think that's really neat. Now um, let's go on. We were gonna. Now I have to give you a little heck here. <laughs> going out of the first part of the break because uh, we, we we rarely see Darren at the Merced City Council meeting, but there was an event Monday night over at Pizza Villa, one of the uh, oh, famous. Yeah. Uh-huh. Famous, now, were you there? I, I was there. I was going to try to make it. What this is, this is a, a campaign uh, fund. No, it's not a campaign. No, it's a business uh, promoting uh, businesses that have maybe, maybe suffered a little bit. Pizza Villa, I don't know. But anyway, uh, our mayor, our mayor, Merced, Matt Serrato, yes. and who used to represent the district that, Same you, district. Exactly. that you, you represent here in Merced. And when I saw you on the ticket, I was I was surprised. I'm going, what's Darren doing with all these other Democrats? But I, I, I kind of <laughs> You got weren't it. the only one that said that. No. I heard that a few times. Now, now, just, now, did they give you a slice of pizza? Oh, yeah. I didn't know. Maybe you just got oh. the box, being the only <laughs> conservative there. But it, now, you didn't drink any of the Kool-Aid, though. No, I <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Because you don't want to drink the cool. No, I'm. I'm hey, little... Sarah Boyle wasn't on the ticket, but I'll tell you. Council member Boyle did, was there and ordered some pizza. Oh, she can put away the pie. Let me tell you. And no, that's I, part. And that's part of her district now as well. Yes. So. Well, I think she took over for Matt. I, yes, I she think, did. I think she was successful. Now, Matt, our, everybody knows we're having a little fun. We always do on this show. Matt Serrato, our new mayor, and uh, believe me when I say that Darren is the one that Matt Serrato tries to emulate. And again, may have the height, but that's <laughs> about it. And then of course there's uh, another supervisor, and then there was uh, Adam Gray. Yes, our own our own assemblyman, District Twenty One, right. and then and then there was Darren out of place. I'm like, wait a minute. Usually it's the three guys, and then all of a sudden here's Darren. But again, that was his district. Although I'm not out of place because I like Pizza Villa anyway. So who doesn't like Pizza Villa? Exactly. And you, and you know what I didn't know is that was Adam Gray's Business of the Year Correct. for 2021, and he presented it with his uh, resolution. Well, yeah, and they had they had a presentation in Sacramento, the official one with all the other districts, and then uh-huh. here and here in Merced. I'm, I'm glad to hear that Monday night again. I was on my way down there but i didn't know if there would be room and i i didn't want to uh, i didn't want to impose hey can you believe how quick these segments go here we are already already out of the first segment the eight o'clock hour we have darren mcdaniel districts uh, district three supervisor excuse me and chairman and the chairman of the board that's right. hey that's an extra 10 percent, isn't it no, i don't know it's a, <laughs> a lot of people donate that hey here we are uh what are we no, november no september 4th one week away from September 11th, never forget, my friends, uh, we probably won't talk about too much on the national scene in this hour, but a lot of things went on this week. We'll be right back. We don't know what love is yet, but I want you to know if I could Here we are, Saturday morning, Citizen Watch. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley. On Merced's News Talk Station, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. you again but we're not waiting on our supervisor no he's here to answer all of our questions all of them well we have a lot i'll tell you it's a big <laughs> uh, it's a big world out there it's a big 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 world hey i uh i mentioned and i've got to go back to this just real quickly you're in your second term you're running for your third term the election is not until next year correct in june in june and uh primary is in june 
as we should uh, mention, and the uh, the big election is in November. Now, it looks as if, at this point, no competition. Whatever was there has evaporated. You are unopposed at this point, and we uh, hope that that continues, because I was a little confused, uh, you know, why anybody would even, you know, really challenge you. Especially, well, I appreciate that. Especially on the board. And again, I'll just make that known, and I made that known, uh, you know, when it happened, and, uh-huh. and it's something that, you know, maybe there was that realization, I don't know. But let's just talk a little bit about uh, not so much what you've done, but going forward. You know, the third term sometimes can have a connotation of, hey, you know, you've, you're, you're too, un- too under the belt. Uh, four, eight years, depending on what the term is. Your guys are four, so that's eight years under your belt. You know, what are you going to do? You know, what have you done for 12 years? That's the question after the end of that right. third term. So look at going, and these are kind of out of order. I had this on the back page, third term priorities. But, you know, while we're here. That's okay. Yeah. Talk, no. Talk a little bit about, I mean, you know, we, we've got the, you know, the castle, this and that kind of esoteric stuff. But, right. you know, and that's really been term one and two, too, right? Right, but but what about term three? What are you what are you looking at specifically? You know, had you had a challenger, how would you differentiate? You know, yourself. I mean, these are still concerns people have. No, exactly, and and I get that. What, what what's the most frustrating part as an elected? Well, as as any community member, is how long projects take oh. in government. Mm-hmm. And so, whenever you first get on the board, uh, you're working on stuff, and you know, and people were. Um, criticizing me for taking care of low-hanging fruit. The way I looked at it, I was getting stuff done. And, you know, why was that fruit hanging so low? So I, I tried to get done with that, with always the focus on the big picture. And I, I think what I see is, so what it is, is you, you tee everything up in your first term. You get to know the lay of the land. Of course, right. I had a lot of experience and knowing where the money's come from and how it works because overseeing it from working for the federal government and working for the state government mm-hmm. um and using all my contacts to get stuff teed up now it was kind of in this term has been more focused on hitting my contacts and making so- sure i can get funding for certain projects at water merced expressway mm-hmm. you know the uh the um the vice chair whom I've known through different levels of working with him, being able to work with him to get the $29 million RTIF money to help us complete our funding uh, uh, pattern for that. So we have all the funding in place. Um, We're continuing to look for grants to do that. But it's interesting because we keep, you keep moving forward and people, you know, will actually make fun of me because I enjoy mowing my lawn. Mm -hmm. So do I. But that's one thing I can do. I can get done with it. I can look over my shoulder and I completed the task. Mm-hmm. See the accomplishment. Exactly. And so working with government, everything is so big and the funding streams are so diverse, you're continuing to put everything together. What I like about this past term is I've, I've teed up a lot of it. We put a lot of things in place. And so this third term is about how do I put that to bed? Whether it's the the bridges on 59 there in my district, mm-hmm. um, whether uh, at Water Merced Expressway and with, you know, we whether they like to the plan or not at Castle, look at our approach. Look what we've done. Mm-hmm. And with TRC coming in and, mm-hmm. you know, doing what they're doing from the Ohio State, Ohio State University, I mean, things are coming into place. And so the rail yard, I mean, that one is now we have multiple companies coming in or interested in it. Mm-hmm. And that's exciting because we already have a short rail who is very determined and, and they bring a logistics company who actually have customers. Mm-hmm. So instead of always seeing the birds in the bush, mm-hmm. we actually have birds in the hand right now. 
And so moving forward. So, yeah, it's – and I think you see it in me. I can't sit still anyway. No. I'm, uh, a lot of energy. You know, I think that my, I drove my teachers crazy all through school with the ADD and how I work. But it's one thing after another one, and you just got to keep at it. And the one thing about it is I love this job. Yeah, I love people. Mm-hmm. I do. No, you do, you seem to enjoy the j- job. You seem to be very engaged. And, you know, really one of the reasons I bring this up is just kind of a self-reflection because I didn't see – you know, really, you know, people get frustrated because, again, things don't go as fast as they want. And when you're on the outside, they never go as fast as you right. want. And that's one thing we've always said. We have a hard time telling our story. Mm-hmm. But the one thing about Castle is because uh, confidentiality agreements and stuff like that. And I think whenever they first got Castle, there's a lot of promises or a lot. They talked about everything that came to the table. Mm-hmm. Now we're just trying to talk about well, the burden hand. Right. And so we once we get it, that's when we talk about it. But we're continuously working on it all the time. Well, and there's, you know, like you say, there's a lot of anticipation. I've, you know, you and I have talked, hey, there's something coming up. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, it doesn't come through. Or sometimes it does, like TSE, the traffic. the uh, TRC. TRC, the, yeah. the research company for traffic uh, things, which is really expounded off of the Google exactly. Waymo investment. So it's funny how those little things, and again, that got a lot of heat. You know, it's like you can do no right sometimes with right. some people. And, uh, you know, it's it's not easy being one of five up there on the board. Well, how and, many times have I told you, uh, we got this, and I go, I don't want to talk about it yet. Can't, yeah, yeah. Because we want to make sure that we get them to sign on and we can move forward. So No, it's that's, that's the frustration, frustrating thing with economic development. You really want to, you know, talk about these things. And unfortunately, you have to wait until you get the lease signed. And, you know, we've, we've had some missteps. We don't need to go down those roads necessarily, but it's... I just wanted to bring up to folks and have you explain to them that eight years is not a lot of time. And those additional four years that you need to bring home these things to fruition, it takes, you know, the, I always talk about the glacial pace of government. Believe me, a glacial a glacier doesn't move much in four or eight or even 12 years. I mean, you can measure it in feet, okay? Inches. Inches. So, <laughs> so depending on, uh, you know, the projects that Darren has spearheaded, and again, Castle being so visual, in his mind, and and what I found that some of the rocks that were being thrown about maybe some of the things that didn't move fast enough, they were already in the pipeline. These were things that were gonna happen, the funding had been committed, it may not have been built, but it had been looked at. And you know, a fresh set of eyes, there can be something said for it, but at the same time, it's not like nobody's been looking at the problem. And And I really think that Darren has been doing a very good job in the last eight years, and I would think there would be no reason to think that that wouldn't continue in the next term or other. Because, again, there's no term limit with supervisors. We just talked about Jerry O'Banion being there for a long, long 28 time. 28 years. Very effective for the West Side. Brought a lot. Again, it's not that big over there, okay? So he brought a lot over there. And uh, District 3, uh, people are uh, you know people are, are looking a lot, a lot for you. So, again, the priorities coming up in the third term uh, you know, are, are big, and I'm sure he'll be up for the task. But let's talk a little bit quickly about some of you talk about going and again when you talked about your previous government experience you worked mm-hmm. for jeff denham correct and uh hollingsworth he was the um minority leader for the senate right. and also uh george radonovich right mr radonovich and uh big names everybody knows all those names right darren's been back to washington dc he knows where that is he knows where sacramento is i know where the bathrooms are you know where the bathrooms are that's exactly that was a jack Mom. you know and i'd like mm-hmm. to touch on you know that's what i learned from jeff denham you know mm-hmm. and i think andy krodick's the one who says it the most when andy krodick says you know what what's your main focus and i said constituents services mm-hmm 
I mean, because whenever a constituent calls us, it's usually because they're at the end of the road and they don't know who else to call. And I, and what people don't understand about this job here is there's a whole lot of non-sexy uh, parts about it. Yeah, it's great at Water Merced Expressway. Yeah, it's great uh, with the Port of L.A., with the Castle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great with TRC and Waymo and all these accomplishments you get. That's the kind of stuff that they see. What they don't see is whenever we're helping folks through Human Services Agency, through behavioral health, and you know, uh, steering people to CASA, mm-hmm. steering people to, you know, through the DA's office. and th- People who really need help that you don't talk about in public because you can't drop names and like i said whenever they call us for that Mm -hmm. they're they're at the end of their line and they have nobody else to call and and that's one thing that i learned when i worked for congress and when i worked for senate was fielding those calls and helping those constituents and i gotta tell you the biggest reward yeah it's great to get your picture taken putting a shovel in the dirt no doubt about it with Mm -hmm. your hard hat on but whenever you can help somebody through whether it's uh, behavior health or human services. I mean, that's real stuff. That's really helping people out. And having to navigate those is the hardest, but the most rewarding every time. No, it can. And I imagine you have constituents or people that maybe, you know, not in your district, but in the county and, uh, you know, all walks of life. I mean, you have some of the who's who that find themselves in very uh, tough situations. And with all of their uh, resources, uh, they still need that help because it, it's hard navigating that system. You know, you talked a little bit about uh, or for we were, family members that they have and oh, trying to help them and get oh, them in the right oh, no, direction. I've, I've I've gotten involved in some things and it, it just breaks your heart. You know, when folks are are, are faced with those uh, you know life life altering events and mm-hmm. uh, they don't know how to navigate the system and they really need help, even with all the money they have, it doesn't. They they need that help and and having somebody that knows how to navigate that with a little compassion. Uh, really goes a long way. You know, let's, uh, I'm jumping all around here. Since we started talking about Castle and uh, the things <laughs> that are going on there, first of all, I always call it Castle Air Force Base. I get a little heat. We call it Castle Commerce Center. I've heard it called the Mid-California International Trade District. W- what do you call it, and what do you see as uh, what's going on out there? We call it Castle. Castle Airport. Just Castle. Yeah, and that's, um, locally, I think that's the most beneficial part of it is mm-hmm. is castle everybody knows castle everybody knows castles in my district that's <laughs> in right my backyard literally i look over my fence and if you go to my social media posts good morning that's the sun rising over castle well and the, the static display out there i mean it just has a natural tendency to air use but over the years the county has you know again expanded the uses now we're right. really you know we're staying on the ground with the semis and the cars uh, do you see that you know expanding that foot i mean they got what a couple hundred acres they're building out on there now uh, yeah, and you know when we talk about you know we talk about the airspace on it. I just want to make sure you, that is always one of our first uh, talking points when we're talking with people, and that's what I, I like. This uh, we have a logistics company we're working with now. Air cargo is part of their narrative at all times. Not only talking about rail, they're talking about air cargo. It's about a multimodal um, distribution system there, and so we're looking at that. And what I like too is the folks that we're talking to now. You know, we've been so focused onto the ports. Mm-hmm. You know, what's coming in from the port, what's going on in the port. Don't get me wrong. The port of L.A., the port of Long Beach is the world's or the nation's or this continent's biggest port oh, yeah. by, by far. I think they got 45 ships parked off the port of Long Beach right now looking for places to unload. Right. And but, when Darren talks about multimodal, that means 
different forms of transportation, rail, air, truck. Right. And so that's what's great about it. And what I like about our the new logistics company that we're working with right now is they're seeing an opportunity. How do we get our products from the valley back east? Because they're not wanting to put them on ships. They're not wanting to put them through the canal. They're not wanting to get them to the east coast that way. They're looking at rail. And so with that, that's a great opportunity. So now you have our air cargo and rail, and they're looking, how do we get our product back east? As you know, we have a hard time getting our commodities from the Midwest here to the West Coast. So that opens up that opportunity as well. So you got to have trains going out, trains coming in. No, I, I know. That's, uh, that's why I wanted to talk a little bit about what's going on, because there's been a lot of starts out there. It's good to hear yeah. that air, uh, an airport is still part of the thought of Castle. Well, let's think. With that, what said, Expressway, mm-hmm. which airport is most accessible? Well, I, I agree. I mean, it's it's... Trying to get out to our little airport, McCready Field, is quite the effort, let me tell you. So I think there's a whole lot of opportunities there. And we see a lot of our um, local folks who own um, their private aircraft mm-hmm. is starting to utilize it a lot more. We're starting to see a lot of charter flights. We saw President Obama fly in there to go to Yosemite National Park for Father's Day. Yeah, we did. And, and you know, one of the things uh, folks talk a lot about is the Cal Fire Base and, you know, fire bases. But realizing that's not necessarily up to the county. You can't make no, them. No, but I do have that conversation with the chief of Cal Fire every opportunity I have whenever we cross paths at RCRC. Yeah, because, uh, you know, we're kind of in the center of the state. But, uh, again, it takes those resources. Hey, we're out of the second segment of Citizen Watch. They go quick. Saturday morning, the 8 o'clock hour. We're with Darren McDaniel, Supervisor District 3, Merced County Board of Supervisors District 3. We'll be right back after these brief commercial breaks. Saturday morning, Citizen Watch, third and final segment, 8 o'clock hour, September 4th, 2021. Special in-studio guest, Darren McDaniel, District 3 Supervisor, Chairman of the Board, (laughs) eight years in the saddle. Happy that he came in, Uh, hard act to follow, Brian Raymond, but he's, he's doing it. I was worried about Brian. You know, I hadn't seen him in a couple of weeks, uh, a couple of months, actually about six months. And uh, he was great. We really, really appreciate him coming in. Oh, we got to get ready. I'll tell you, there's so many things I have to do. Ah, we'll use that song. Anyway, uh, Brian was in. You know, the reason I bring Brian's name up is Darren and Brian, I would say you're good friends, right? Yeah. Guys are. Uh, like brothers. We're they, family. Yeah. When, when, I forget who ran who. Or, I mean, they got inseparable. They were always. Oh, yeah. Always together. You'd see them at all the events. I was a little jealous, you know. Because well, it was they kind were of all... fun, you know, when we worked for other <laughs> other folks campaigning all the time. And then all of a yeah. sudden we find ourselves campaigning for ourselves. Yeah, I was. Uh, it fit right in. I was uh, talking to Brian about the Johnny Teixeira days. And uh, yeah. that's where I first met Brian. Of course, you. You know, Brian uh, was very helpful. You know, with the passing of my mom, I got to say he was really there. He stepped up. Um, I tried to be there for him when he lost his father mm-hmm. at the same time, and uh, I just got to say he was he was really really helpful. He called me every day and check on me. Big guy, and that hearts as well as, as John Pedroso. I got to say, I got to put it out there to him too. He, no. He'd call me every day just to check in to see how I was doing. Hey, you know, a lot of great families here. Okay? Yeah, a lot of great families, and uh, Brian's a huge heart. 
you know, as big as, uh, big as, hard to believe that body can hold a heart that big. <laughs> hey, we were talking uh, bulldog. about bulldog. Bulldog. I call him the badger, but the bulldog <laughs> ramming, yeah. Yeah, he's got a picture of him in a singlet. If he ever uh, shows that to you when he was in his, uh, I think he was about 2% body fat. It was unbelievable. Hey, I got to tell you, my boys actually found one of his wrestling matches on YouTube. No way. Oh, yeah, you can find it. Oh, now you've told the listeners something. I can, <laughs> I can hear Brian at home now. What uh, did you hate about Jeremy? Folks, I'll please, get the body slam later. Please, today. please listen to the rest of the show and then do the search on YouTube <laughs> like I will be. We'll watch those views go up. Well, anyway, Castle Commerce Center, Mid California International Trade District, the multimodal approach. I really get it. One of the things you've uh, talked about access to Castle, we have the rail, maybe a short line railroad, who knows. But the big deal is you do have the money, and this was kind of confusing recently. You do have the money to get that AME Expressway to Bellevue, right? Correct. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. So, th- yeah, the funding plan is in place. Mm-hmm. Um, what we're want- want to do is, you know, we put a big portion of our Measure V money into it to finalize the deal. But what we want to do is show the federal and the state governments that we are committed to making this this happen. Right. So, through this process, we'll continue to, there's infra grants, there's build grants through um, the federal transportation Agency, and so we'll be, we'll still be doing that. Of course, I wish Jeff Denham was still there, yeah, helping us out. But I go, Jim Costa has been very helpful, and so moving forward, it's just about being consistent and it's shovel ready, and we're ready to go. Like I said, the funding is in place; it's going to be built no matter what. Mm-hmm. It'd just be nice if we could relieve some of those Measure V funds and and move forward on it. Yeah, do you know you talk about Jim Costa, our federal representative uh, in Congress, and again, I, you know, I. I hear what you're saying. I wish Jim could bring a little bit more love from the federal government for some of the remediation that needs to be done at Castle. I know you and I have talked right. about the barracks. We talked about Bitcoin at one time. I don't oh, know. Yeah? No. Some, I mean, at some point, I think we're either going to have to tear them down or do something, but uh, I don't know. There's, yeah, it, I think it's just time to tear them down. Yeah, and that's what we got to do. And we actually had a, a company that was interested in it. Um, I'm a little disappointed. I guess maybe I couldn't rally, rally my colleagues. I needed a four-fifths vote. I got a three-fifths. Oh. And so... I'll have to go back and review the tapes. You want to talk about that a little bit? No, I can't. That was a, that was a closed session. Oh, no, we don't. Item. Okay. And so I can, tell you, I can tell you what the vote was, but that's as far as I could get into it. But um, as of I mean, today, those would both be down and we'd have two warehouses sitting there. But it, it didn't work out for us. And so we continue to work with folks on that. And looking forward, like I said, it, there's a lot of energy going on. And it's going to get to it's going to be a tough choice because I think we're going to have to make a choice who we're going to be able to pick to move forward. Yeah. Well, you know, again, you've had a lot of I won't call them missed missed starts. It's just, you know, opportunity. We try to pursue a lot of things. You know, we have right. all that acreage out there. We get these consultants. They have the ideas. And uh, but it takes buy-in from the public too. You know, you, you've always said government doesn't create jobs. Exactly. You, you just kind of there to facilitate. Hey, we got the land. Right. We, we got. You know, we'll help you as much as we can. You know, but uh, but uh, it really takes the public sector. Well, buy-in. and then sometimes you get a lot of folks. I mean, there's a lot that we don't even discuss who come in and they're wanting us to give them stuff for free. Oh, trust me. And to move forward, mm-hmm. and and you know, you, we we just can't do that. No. So you know, the value is going up out there, and mm-hmm. I tell you what, there's a lot of interest and. Moving forward, I mean, you're going to see a lot more come up than, you know, confidentiality agreements. I can't talk about certain things, but moving forward, it's it's exciting. No, it is exciting. And, and I think, uh, again, it's that frustration that we talked about. You know, people say, hey, he's been there eight years, you know, eight years, you know, look at Castle, rah, 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 rah. Hey, 
Look at Castle. Look, look at, at the Castle. Thing, look at the things that has happened. We have more employment out there than we did when AT and T was out there. Right. And well, now that's that's saying a lot. You know, right. again, these things take time, and you know, everybody wants to remember Castle. Hey, we didn't get rid of the pays. We didn't tell them to leave. Okay, we wanted, you know, that that kind of came as a surprise. I, right. I, I well, think. look at our entertainment district we have out there now, which wasn't even part of the plan, mm-hmm. but it was something we saw happening, and we were able to make adjustments to, to allow it to happen. And if you guys have been out there to Blaker Brewery at the Tarmac. I hear that's the place. That's the place. and I, I hear that's a lot of fun. The, all the food trucks out there, everything's fantastic. It's a good time. Oh, boy, the time goes so quick. Let's talk about uh, something really huge. Uh, county leaders, this was in the Merced County Times uh, this last month. We're barely into September. Uh, rescue funds can help plants already in place. Now, this is a little different. The city, as you know, is sent out. If you live in the city of Merced, you're getting the postcard. You're getting a, a knock on the door. Matt Serrato, what, how, do you, how do you want to spend the money? Maybe your council members... Uh, they've been asked to engage the public. The county, when I first read this, I was uh, a little, I, I didn't understand. It talked about the county is going to use their money for revenue replacement. and um, Revenue reimbursement, I think, is the term. Yeah, well, they, I'll, I'll read from the article. Uh, this was, I believe, from Jim Brown. He said, Tuesday, the county administrative restaff revealed to our elected leaders that they are putting a particular focus on one of the stated areas of eligible uses revenue replacement now that's the and that maybe that's why okay. it, it confused me because i'm thinking to myself oh man they're just gonna pay these guys you know the the premium wage they're gonna they're gonna make up for all the lost money no 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 that's not what it is it's it, it's really kind of a misnomer it's it's almost for projects that they want to do and they don't have the revenue right so this is going to replace the revenue they don't have correct and, and and that's what it was confusing to me and the more i hear about it the more I like the idea, because really, the county, they call that program funding, right? Right, and it's, it's one-time monies for one-time projects. Now, just to let you know how much it is, for Merced, it's $27 million. For the county, they're a little bit bigger, $53,936,000. I wrote that wrong. And 85 cents, it's here right here. Boy, I'll tell you, me and MCOE math, $53,936,085. Oh, I thought it was 85 cents. There's probably some pennies in there. But can you believe that? And you get that in two payments. Now, we've already received half of it. You've talked about working for Denim, Radonovich. Nobody's ever, and you've been to One Voice, you've been to, you've been to, have you ever come back with a $26 million check? Never. Oh, you know what? I got to tell you. <laughs> Maybe once. <laughs> Let's talk about that. The Stockton Diamond. You know, that's a project that... Oh, it, the rail. Yeah, the rail. That's a big one. We we brought back $667 million on that one. Yeah. So that's a whole different project, which was matched by Caltrans. That is to, an amazing to thing. To complete that project. That's, that, that's going to help on our ACE train eventually someday. No, ACE and and our... It's going to help with the, the cross... Amtrak. Oh, Amtrak and... No, and our... Um, High what speed the, rail. Uh, BNSF and um, oh everybody yeah everybody yeah no uh, yeah that traffic that stops right there at Castle outside of Atwater that's why people are like why did you get involved in the Stockton Diamond so heavy because I'm tired of those trains stopping in Atwater that's why yeah it's really strange you know you go up there and they literally cross at a, at a ninety degree angle and they have to stop and, and wait. they have to stop and wait and you would think that whoever built this yes but no the fifty three million dollars you're going to use that a little bit closer to home right and I was really uh, proud you know after I found out what you guys were going to use it for it's not all for wages or, no. or, or lost things like that. Now, number no. one on the list is homeless services. Yes. Uh, $4 million. Of course, the county is what they call the uh, focal point, what the uh, 
well, the, the continuum of care, but you're the responsible managing authority or whatever. That's where right. all the money flows. So talk a little bit. We're going to go through these uh, just a little bit. But homeless... Well, get, let, let me... When we go, approach this... Yeah. Well, let's look... I mean, so $54 million sounds like a lot for the county. That's not... But though. it's not that much, though. $766 million budget. Mm-hmm. And so if you look how we approached our last two budgets, going in with COVID right. and how we... Kurt, we we scaled way back. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these projects we're talking about, we're already goals and in place. We're not changing right. a whole lot of what we're doing. Our focus is still where the county has been doing. But because a lot of this revenue that we scaled way back so that we could balance our budget, we had no idea how COVID was going to affect us right. in, our, in our retail or any kind of our reimbursement coming from, from taxes. So with our conservative views, we've been able to keep the county where it is. And what this has enabled us to do is still reestablish and look at our goals and move forward on what we were trying to do. So this isn't, we're not, hey, this is a pot of money, Merry Christmas. Right. And let's make up ways to spend our money. No. This was already our focus and our goals moving forward. Now, I can see if you look, and I can't remember off the top of my head the city of Merced's budget, mm-hmm. but $27 million to Merced, the city, that's a big deal. Oh, it's huge. And, and there's it's been talk. huge. And so I can understand how uh, Mayor Serrato is approaching it in this way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he's approaching it in the right way by getting some input and looking at it. But I think if I would do anything for the city of Merced, I'd say relook at your goals and remember where you were going. And let's now you're able to put some stuff into place that you, it was kind of, uh, it was out there, it was a goal but you never knew how you're going to achieve it. Well, this is how you're able to do it. And that's how we're approaching this, this money here. Well, Jim Brown, your CEO, who we're looking for a new one, and we may get into that in the bonus half hour. <laughs> Jim Brown said, preliminarily, we are close to $100 million on projects that are in the queue. Right. Facilities, infrastructure, and everything. And to try to bring it down, things that had come off the table, I know these are going to be more conversations going forward as you start to identify certain projects. Absolutely. So the need is there. Yes. More than $53 million, double that, if not maybe more. And then scaling back our, our budget in anticipation of what was going to happen with COVID, it even put us further behind. So that's why moving forward, that's how we're able to use these monies. And this is countywide, not just City of Merced. So Absolutely. again. We started, uh, so now we understand, you know, what the onus is. And now again, you see it's why just, Supervisor Pereira made the comment he made. <laughs> well, you know, let's go to Supervisor Pereira's comment while we have time. He says, my district is unique of the 56,000 people or so that I represent, because again, five times 56,000 gets you to about the population of the county. So each district represents approximately the same number of people, even though the geographic areas are much different. City of Merced's probably one, District 2 is probably one of the smallest districts. Mm-hmm. Of the 56,000 people or so that I represent, only 5,000 of them are in an incorporated cities. All six cities in the county got their own allocations of funding. We have unincorporated communities that in normal circumstances would be towns or cities, but they don't get any allocations from these programs. He continues on with his wine, or his uh, opining. And some of these areas where we were looking at it, parks and community halls or whatever, I'm just asking my colleagues to at least <laughs> listen to what I have to say when we take care of those areas. So again, uh, Lloyd, putting a uh, supervisor Pereira, putting in a pitch early on because yeah, he did. because uh, he feels he might get left out of the pie. Will he? Oh no, no, he won't get left out. <laughs> but I, I appreciated it, and it's like because we all get focused on what's what's here on the pie chart, right? And for Lloyd to go on ahead and and, and mention that, it's almost we're. You could see if you were watching that, we were kind of all looking at each other like, oh, he's got a point there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, He really does. Because, yeah, like the city of Merced getting what they got. And, 
And we were on City of Atwater, I think, was what five point four million dollars. Yeah, what it wasn't much. It, it was kind of based on the population. Exactly. Re- re- really, uh, the city of uh, or the county of, of Merced. So I, I know that uh, Lloyd uh, Super. You know, we won't forget about River Valley. We'll give you a sign or something out there. But, <laughs> but but let's talk about some of the specific areas. And we're running out of time, folks. We're probably going to have to go into the bonus half hour. I don't know. Can you stay? I can stay. Oh, that's wonderful. It's only it's Once only twenty five minutes. I might as well stay. Yeah, well, it's only twenty five more minutes. I I, uh, I apologize for not doing that to Brian. I was trying to be respectful and. Uh, not make him sit here in the uh, the uncomfortable studio. Brian's seat. a busy man. He is. He a can't busy help man. that. You know, as a broker in real estate, he has to get out there. He's got a lot going on. No, he is. Hey, you know, we're just going to finish it up now because I only got about thirty seconds. But let me just <laughs> some of the topics we're going to cover in the next segment. The bonus half hour on this twenty uh, fifty three million dollars, two payments. What am I doing here? Oh, I'm shutting you off and him. Uh, we're going to talk about homeless, COVID nineteen, community facilities, parks, stuff like that. Floyd or Lloyd's worried about flood control, water, roads. And correctional facilities, and boy, if you don't think that's a uh, that's a hot potato, these correctional facilities. Some of the folks get up in the meetings and say, you know, why? How dare you spend money on jails? Well, I got I got news for you: public safety and uh, getting away for people to make commerce—that's what government's all about. So, we'll talk about that. We've had Darren McDaniel with us in the eight o'clock hour. He's going to stick with us through the break. Top of the hour news, the nine o'clock hour. Stick with us, folks. We'll be right back after well after the news.